0: Welcome to another edition of the Coast to Coast podcast on Penalty Box Radio. We're happy you came and joined us again. Guys, this is, a, uh, this is another takeover. Christian, Nick, I'm sorry. I've taken over the podcast three or four times now, and uh, there's nothing you can do about it. This is now mine. If you've seen Captain Phillips, I am the captain now. Today, on my pirate ship, I have Samuel Meyer, who, if you ever try to forget his last name, just think Oscar Meyer Wiener. That's how I figured it out so far. Sam, what's going on, buddy? How are you?
1: I am thriving as best as you possibly can in, a, in the year 2020 on a finals week. <laughs> I, am, I am making it work to the best of my ability. So that sounds
0: like a tough week to be enduring. I mean, for myself, I only experienced like technically one finals week because my post-secondary schooling path was a little different. But yeah, like break it down for people who are maybe our younger listeners who haven't experienced the finals week yet.
1: Sure. So uh, I'm a senior at Indiana University in Bloomington, Indiana, and you know you go through a whole semester of classes and then you go through what people will call hell week, which where you're not supposed to have any classes or homework, you're supposed to be able to prepare for finals. And then you've got finals week, which is all your exams, your big essays, your presentations that you have to get dressed up for and speak in front of the class. All of that is supposed to be at one week. However, at least in my case, Hell week is dead. So you have two weeks of finals week. I just passed the uh, presentation and an essay. Um, Last week, I have three essays to go.
0: That sounds, uh, for lack of a better term, fucking awful. That doesn't sound fun at all. It
1: is is exhausting, let me tell you. And, you know, this this year, 2020, obviously being an exhausting year for everyone. I've had a lot of medical issues uh, this semester that have affected uh, memory and cognition and quite literally my ability to write. So having so many essays in one time is is just the worst. It is just <laughs> the worst time ever.
0: Dude, well, all the power to you for being able to A – Get through this fine, these finals weeks and be joining the junior hockey program. And for all you listeners out there and viewers, Sam is part of our junior hockey program here at Penalty Box Radio, where we have some of the brightest up and coming minds within the sports world. And what we're doing is we're just trying to mentor them, like just push them along. Best case scenario is I don't talk to Sam as part of this program in a year. Hopefully, he's well on his way doing some cool shit, which is what we're trying to do here at PBR. I mean, I want to stay in touch with them, of course, but I don't want to be like, hey, Sam, right? right, I'm posting an article, all right, I'm doing this in a year from now. I want you the heck out of here i want you to have your home here at pbr but i'm so excited to watch you grow speaking of which though at the start of the show you did mention that you get dressed up and you go to presentations and you do all that stuff for our video viewer or for our audio listeners at home sam's wearing a tie right now with a t-shirt now normally i do that when i'm hammered that's like a (laughs) go-to or i put it around my head or something that's that's like my go-to here but Sam's doing it for a way better reason, about a hundred times better than I had too many drinks. I'll let you take it away because I, I looked into it when you were telling me about it to start. And I think you would do it justice if you were to explain why the heck you're wearing a tie and a t-shirt.
1: Yeah. So I am participating in a movement called Dress So every December, this takes place and it is uh, women will get dressed up in dresses every single day for the month. Uh, men like myself will wear a tie every day for the month. And it is just to spread awareness and start conversations and eventually fundraise to end uh, human trafficking. Now me, I am a journalist who's also training to be a pastor, so I wear suits every day. If I go out in a suit, no one is going to question it. And so in order to start these conversations, to catch people off guard, to get people to ask me about it, to be able to share this message, basically this is how I've been going out all month. I've had t-shirts or long sleeve shirts or coats or whatever tie over top of it. I get lots of weird stares at the group, <laughs> but I've had a lot of great conversations as well. Um it, it's been a it's been a good month to promote it for sure.
0: Yeah, that's the important part too. And then uh, if you want to go help Sam out, we have a link in the description below. We have a link in the YouTube video. We'll have a link in the article. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, I promise you there's a link where you can go help out. We're not asking you to wear a tie and a t-shirt, but if you want to, that's awesome. But if you can in any way, shape, or form, please help Sam out. This is a fantastic cause. And I think it's really smart, too. I think having a visual faux pas in that you're wearing a tie and a T-shirt, which I still can't get over right now. It's fantastic. Um, it's a good conversation starter. Because I know for sure if I saw you in the grocery store, A, I'd give you a look because I'd be like, is this guy me four years ago after finals week really drunk? Or B, is he doing this for a reason? Regardless, I'd walk up to you and be like – explain. And I'm sure, like you said, like people have definitely come up to you, right?
1: Absolutely. Uh, Not so much in the grocery store, but I've been into uh, restaurants, you know, the waiter or waitress will take my order and then be like, while we're at it, why (laughs) like this? Uh, When I first came back uh, after Thanksgiving break and had started doing this, you know, friends and people who weren't aware that I was doing it yet were like, you know, I know you're a weirdo, but like, what's up? Like, (laughs) Because, you know, I may be the weirdest person you've ever had on your podcast so far. We'll find out towards the end. I expect something of me. But looking at me like this, they were like, well, what's the deal? Because there was some sort of thought process behind it. And for me to be able to take this weird idea and turn it into something meaningful and share a message, something that means a lot to me, um, and, and just try to fundraise and spread awareness and get people to feel as strongly about it as I do, uh, it's
0: a huge deal to me. Yeah, I, like I was saying earlier too, it's a fantastic cause. Uh, it's definitely one, like, we're proud of you here at PBR. And like, personally, as a friend of yours now, like, that's pretty kick-ass. I mean, I participated in November, so I understand people coming up to you and looking at you and being like, what the fuck is going on? Just trust me, for the whole month of November, me having no facial hair, one, was the weirdest thing I've done in three years. I felt like a child. Two, my beard hasn't grown back in yet. And I was saying this on the last podcast too, that the month of November was quite possibly the best and the worst month for us to launch this junior hockey program because I was interviewing all these new faces but with like an 80s mustache on and I was like none of you are going to take me seriously what the hell is going on and then in like some of the last meetings we had I've got the full lip sweater going on I'm like this is this is uh, pretty unprofessional but yeah I, I next November yes it'll be gone again but until then I'm so happy to have my facial hair back <laughs>
1: Yeah. I uh, I had a friend who did the same and you know I've known him for three years full lumberjack beard uh, he, he came to one of our hangouts one time no beard and it was the topic of the night oh night. Yeah. we could not move past it because this is this guy that we've known for a long time looking a very specific way and now as you said he looks like a child yep so it's... that is the joke for an entire month but in the end for a good cause. So it's also very admirable.
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'll take some physical embarrassment of looking like a child if it means that I'm helping out erase the stigma around men, men's mental health as well as uh, just men's physical health. I think November's is a fantastic cause. I think December is a fantastic cause. It's better than what Urban Dictionary has for those months. If you know, you know. If you don't, I don't encourage you to go look, but I mean, you can go look if you want. Um, I promise you this podcast, we'll talk about hockey at some point, but this is a getting to know you kind of deal. I promise you when we have you on for a second or third time, we'll chat more hockey. But for now, I want to know the guy behind the tie. That's what I'm looking for right now. Um, I remember in one of our first interviews. No, no, not that guy. guy? Who is that? Is that that you? That is me. Okay.
1: Uh, That is a cardboard cutout of me, yes.
0: Audio listeners, there is a cardboard cutout. I swear to God, I thought it was a golfer. I was like, that very much looks like just a golfer doing like, oh, I finished up on 18. Thanks. I'll try to describe it for the audio listeners. It's, uh, it's Sam with his hand up, waving, wearing a polo, it looks like.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: and he's got a ball cap on. All right. I need to know the story.
1: Sure. So I have worked with the city of New Albany, Indiana's Park and Parks and Recreation for over seven years now. And for most of that time, I've worked at a water park called River Run Family Water Park and, um, you know, started in, like, concessions, and they eventually promoted me into a lead position, so I have a team of people underneath me. Well, when we were celebrating our five years uh, since we had been open, I am the longest tenured employee that they've got there. I'm just the only person that was there since the beginning. They wanted to do something nice for me, so they gave me a trophy with a rubber duck that I don't have on me. I wish I did, but it's back home in New Albany, uh, which has a story in and of itself, and the cardboard cutout because they could not decide what to get me, and I'm very indecisive and don't like receiving gifts, so I wouldn't give them anything. <laughs> and I come into work one day, and there's just me sitting behind me, and uh, I was like, this is awesome. So we would hide it around the water park and tell the kids that my name was Tastic Sam. That's hilarious. Celebrity of River Run. And at the end of the year, I got to take the cutout home. I hide it in our apartment, scare my roommates and friends very often. Uh, And whenever I do Zoom calls like this, I put it behind me to see if I can make people break while I'm presenting or doing whatever it is that I'm doing. And sometimes they give me some weird looks, just like the people in the grocery store with the tie.
0: It's uh, it's definitely, I was looking at it, I was like, Is that a golfer? And I was going to bring it up at the end. I was like, okay, I'm making a mental note now that I need to bring this (laughs) up at the end. And then you just brought it in perfectly. It's still mind-blowing to me. I love it, though. I love the whole cardboard cutout thing. I 100% agree with you. I would also scare the shit out of my roommates or family members with it. Like, peek it around corners, put it in windows, Mm -hmm. put it next to them when they're sleeping. Have you pulled off any, like, epic pranks with it?
1: I have... um... So, my bathroom, you have to go through my bedroom to get to my bathroom. And when I have guests over, typically I'll hide it in the bathroom or something so that if they go in, they get the bejesus scared out of them. So, I have a friend named Allison who had come over one time and I put the cutout in front of my bedroom door because I knew she would have to use the bathroom at some point. She walks into my bedroom, jumps, oh, I hate you. You're the worst. She goes into the bathroom. So, then I just moved the cutout in front of the bathroom door, got her a second time uh she never suspects it i can get her every single day and she would never see it coming uh i get my roommate brandon so bad that he struck a karate pose because he thought someone had broken into our apartment that's
0: the best reaction by the way yeah oh yeah you get to see people's a legitimate fight or flight response and if their fight response is a karate move they mean business and would likely get their ass kicked which is the best yes. part Oh, he absolutely,
1: unless, unless,
0: unless he knows actual karate, but anyone who pulls up a karate move, watches too much TV and maybe he's watching too much Cobra Kai on Netflix or something, or just loves a karate kid. But the karate stance is my favorite. I'd rather just run the fuck away, to be honest with you.
1: Exactly. But no, he jumped up into the air, struck the karate pose. And I was like, if that was an intruder, you wouldn't have been able to do anything. That guy caught you so off guard. No, just me. Cardboard me. So you said, you know, when you said the man behind the tie, I've got me behind me. So I didn't know if you, So really there's two
0: of you uh, behind the tie. Yes. <laughs> the one thing I will say about you is hundred percent. You have left me wondering about so many things. I just want to like dive in and get to know you more and more from our first interview up until now, bringing this cardboard cutout in there is so much to you that I just want to unfold where I feel like this could be a series. Like this could just be episode one. Then there could be yeah. episode two, but what I do want to bring up on the first episode here, there's three things that stand out to me about you. When we first talked. you love wrestling. You love yes. fantasy sports. You're part of the Scott Fishbowl. I know that. Yes. Uh, I got a lot of industry friends in that. And so I'm just, I'll pick your brain on that in a minute. But the one thing that you said, like right off the start of one of our first interviews was uh, your plans to go to seminary after you finish up here at, uh, at college. What has made you want to dive into that? Because you don't see a crossover between sports journalism and, and seminary school often at all. I mean, you see it within players where they have faith or they're religious, but you don't see it on the media side. And I'd love to dive in with that.
1: Yeah. So um, it kind of started when I was in high school. I really started taking my faith seriously, maybe about sophomore year of high school and uh, had started a Bible study in my home. I had started a group prayer at my high school in front of the library. I actually had to battle my principal on that one. She nice. did standing in the hallways and tried to disband us. And basically I fought it and, fought it and fought it and fought it and got teachers behind us and got it to where she finally left us alone and let us keep doing it. Into um, my senior year of high school, I was the leader of our fellowship of Christian athletes uh, club at the high school and just really caught fire for God and took my faith seriously after that. And I had considered maybe becoming a pastor at that point because I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. Right. Eventually, that thought kind of faded for a while, Uh, came to IU. um, The only reason I really got into journalism was because I didn't have an idea of what I wanted to do. And when I had looked back at all of my AP college classes that I had taken in high school, there was a component, the key component to all of them was writing. You know, I had been told that I was a good writer. I enjoyed writing, uh, had done English classes and history classes and a whole bunch of things where I got to write and loved it. So I was looking at what can I uh, major in to use this writing ability and found sports journalism and was like, let's go for it. And haven't always enjoyed it, but there are definitely key elements that I find super awesome and enjoy. But it was about my sophomore year of high school, uh, of college, pardon, in a uh, church service about like saying yes to Jesus and doing missions that I was kind of praying about it and really felt like the pastor thing came back to the forefront of my mind. Like, this is where God is saying, all right, this is what I really want you to do. So from then on, it was set in stone. I was going to finish here at IU. I was going to go into a seminary in Louisville after that and become a pastor. And that's kind of my number one. And then the second is whatever I can get with this degree, whether it is sports writing or um, radio, or I'm also uh, specializing in PR. So working for a sports team in the public relations department. Yeah or PR firm, whatever whatever allows me to um, you know, do what I feel like is my purpose here in preaching, then that's what I'm gonna do. And it seems like I've always been provided with great opportunities to keep doing both things that I enjoy doing a lot.
0: It seems like you have three or four, or five or six different avenues that you've laid out for yourself to success, which is, to be honest, quite rare in sports media. Because, or in any media for that matter, because you, you you look at the traditional media people in this industry and they just bounce between one job to another. And I'm no exception. Like I, I've bounced between jobs just because that's the way the industry goes. Unless you are like in the industry for 10, 15 years, chances are in your first few years, you're going to bounce. Like you're going to go from job to job to job, which is partially why I created this program with Justin is to give people a better opportunity of not going through that. I do think it's important that people go between different avenues in sports media, but it's so cool to hear that you already know like, Hey, if this doesn't work out, I can go into this Avenue. If this doesn't work out, I can go into that. Is there any world, I didn't look this up on purpose. Usually I want to prep for these podcasts and I'm calling myself out here, but I wanted to hear it from you firsthand. So I could react to it initially with you on the line here. Is there any world in which you could be a pastor and pursue any type of sports journalism or any type of media, or are they just two different worlds that you wouldn't be allowed
1: to connect? No, I, as you said, there are several uh, opportunities that have been laid out for me and that I've uh, had the ability to take. And I think that there are multiple avenues that I can go where I can do both. I think a lot of covering high school and college sports, you kind of have more leniency. I mean, really, you can't cover like the NFL. Everything right. you do with Sundays, you're gonna be in the church on Sundays or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So, but a lot of the high school sports that play on like Fridays, Saturdays, you know, you can cover those same with college. So writing for any newspapers that may hire you or websites in small towns or anything like that, you can do. Um, I think, as I said before, the PR thing, you could probably get a job as like a media SID, which is something that I've looked at. I thought was really cool. It's not necessarily journalism, but it is using the degree that I have here at IU to do something in sports that I find really interesting getting to work with sports journalists and also working with the team. Yeah. Uh, So that's another thing that I've looked at before. Um, I mean, really there's a lot of things, you know, I think there's things in sports that I can do like the SID things with PR. And there's lots of things in uh, journalism I can do that would still free me up to fulfill all of the duties that I'm going to have within the church.
0: Yeah. I, I just didn't know if like you could cross the church with like another profession. I've never known that partially because I've never known anyone in my life. That's like so deep into the religion and faith as to pursue becoming a pastor or like joining the church in a sense like that. I mean, I come from a household, I'm half Filipino, half Newfie and like within Filipino culture, like there's a lot of faith in God. There's a lot of belief in God. There's like one of the things that, Uh, filipinos have in their culture is like blessing you grab your elder's hand and you put it up to your head like there's a lot of faith in on that side of things but like even with all that said i've never known someone to dive into it like you have so it's just interesting for me myself to learn more about this from you it's just cool i think it's awesome that you're going to be able to pursue something you're passionate about but at the same time pursue another thing you're passionate about and try and make it work like for me that would just be like if i were able to i don't know uh you know when people ask you what you're passionate about and you can't think of anything right off the top? Yep. Off. I, like, it's, all the time. It, it's hard to think about what you're passionate about because I mean, five years, six, oh, Jesus, I'm old. Uh, 2012, I could have told you I'm passionate about political science, right? <laughs> and now like I t- I did a year of that in uh, university and I hated it. No longer passionate about that at all. Like I'm passionate about my sports teams. I'm passionate about sports. I'm passionate about music. Like those are all those things, but it's just, I wish I had been in your sh- or wish I had the know-how at your age coming out of school to be like, okay, I'm pursuing all this at once. And if one Avenue doesn't work, well, fuck it. One of these avenues is bound to work. So that's pretty fucking awesome.
1: You know, some of these avenues kind of came up out of nowhere, if we're being honest. Um, you know, I mean, like I said, you know, from sophomore year of college on, I felt called to do the ministry thing and that's what I'm going to do. And the sports journalism is where I started here at IU, but like public relations, for instance, that came from an advisor meeting where she was like, you realize you could specialize in PR with like an extra class and a half, right? And I was like, uh, no, but I'm gonna.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think And just taking
1: those opportunities, uh, that's where a lot of this started.
0: Mm-hmm. I promise you, if you carry that uh, like mindset through sports media or through uh, seminary school, just saying yes to everything, shit's going to open up for you. Like doors are going to open up opportunities will come and it's just the best thing like if you're overwhelmed with work it's probably because it's a good thing and you're an asset like that you'd rather be swamped with work and have like no days off which I mean the whole thing on Twitter right now is people are talking about not bragging about working all the time I'm on the complete opposite side of that if you're working your ass off and you're pushing yourself and you're like mentally in a good place if you're not mentally in a good place throughout all this I gotta be very careful with how I word this You want to push yourself to the best of your abilities without being a burden or a nuisance or a hindrance on yourself. If that makes any sense whatsoever, you want to push yourself to the point where you're almost exhausted, but you don't want to cross that line because then you're just, you're really just hurting yourself in the long run. But you want to push yourself to see A, how much you can do and B, put your name out there. Because I mean, if you only take one job and you're just hanging out doing that one job and yeah, let's say you do a great job at it you're going to be more well-known if you take that second job or you take that freelance gig and people are watching you and following your career because then you're known for a doing this Avenue B doing this Avenue. And you are showing by saying, yes, this junior hockey program that you're going to be able to say that you're a junior hockey, like an or analyst and you're a junior hockey expert where you can go to a job interview and be like, well, not only do I know that Lamar Jackson is going to be a very average quarterback for the rest of his life. Woo. That, uh, I can talk junior hockey. Like I do want to bring up the Ravens and I'm just going to bring it up right now. Uh, so Sam's a big Ravens fan and yeah. uh, I'm a sad Philadelphia Eagles fan. And <laughs> Carson went sucks now. And Jalen hurts yeah. is the future. woohoo Yay. Great. Travis Fulgham has shitty quarterbacks to play with. Um, Is Lamar Jackson – this is the most abrupt transition I've ever done. Is Lamar Jackson what he – okay, how do I word this? Lamar Jackson, is he as good as he was last year? Or is this year what he actually is? Or is it a mix between the two years?
1: You know, honestly – I don't know if he's that far off. I mean, I'm sure statistically, if you were to look at the numbers, you would see improvement or he fell off a little bit, and you would have that specific answer. Mm -hmm. Someone who's just watching the games, I think he is who he is. You know, he's a very good rushing quarterback who sometimes has really good games where he can hit his mark and throw the ball great. Other times, not so much. And I think what happened this season is he started off kind of hot. recent recently – throwing a lot more interceptions. We've lost some games now. We're starting to dog on him a little more, but that's kind of been him throughout his career. You know, I mean, he's always been a rush first quarterback. They're trying to transition to him where he's good at everything. And sometimes in games like the beginning of the season, it pays off. Other times, yeah, not quite. And I still like him a lot more than the last couple quarterbacks we've had. What do you mean? Joe Flacco's great. great. I was not a Joe Flacco fan at all. I wasn't a Joe Flacco fan when he won us the Super Bowl, let alone the next several years where he was trash. And then you would have people come up to me on the street. I'd be wearing Ravens gear, and they'd be like, hey, man, Joe Flacco's elite. And I'd be like, no, he's not. Don't lie. No. He,
0: Joe Flacco's a very, like <sighs> – He's a shittier Matt Stafford is how I like to put Joe Flacco. (laughs) You can plug and play Matt Stafford on almost every team. And if you don't have an elite quarterback, chances are he's going to be better than what you have. Joe Flacco Mm -hmm. is kind of that, but he'd only fit in on teams like the Bengals before they got Joe Burrow. Like he's a cut above Mm -hmm. Andy Dalton. He'd fit in with the Giants as Eli was starting to turn into crap. So here's my take on the whole uh, Lamar thing. I think Lamar's had a tough schedule up until now. I think it'd be fair to say that. Uh, I think defenses have schemed around playing against Lamar in order to shut him down and force him to throw the ball where you're seeing that happen right now with Kyler too. Kyler is being forced to throw the ball, but Kyler has a wicked arm. Dude could play baseball. He could play outfield and fucking touch home plate from right field. Uh, that's, That's like the difference between the two And if I were to pick, I'll let you chime in on this too I'd take Kyler over Lamar It might just be some recency bias It also might be because Kyler is a double athlete And I love that but I, I, I love Kyler. I think Kyler's a real deal. I think the same thing's going to happen to Kyler, though, that's happening to Lamar, where you're going to see that regression and you're going to see him trend upwards. But with Lamar now, he has these four final games of the season. I was pretty sure, so I looked it up on the schedule here. They got the Browns, the Jaguars, the Giants, and the Bengals. They have four layups. They have four yeah. games for Lamar to be like, well, I'm going to just demolish this defense, this defense, this defense, and this defense. It's fair to say that they're probably going to beat the Browns, if they don't beat the Jaguars, I'm going to laugh. If they don't beat the Giants, I'm going to laugh. And if they don't beat the Bengals, who are starting with a third-string quarterback, I'm going to laugh even harder.
1: Like, this is going I to appreciate I appreciate that you're going to laugh. I will
0: not be laughing. No, no, no. I mean, this is a perfect time for him, too, to build up, like, his status again and be one of the more dominant quarterbacks going into the playoffs. Because then the storyline will be, okay, Lamar's good again. Let's put him up against a kind of good defense. I mean, it's not mm-hmm. his fault. Like, he, he kept the team in it against the Steelers. Steelers have a wicked defense. Like, the fact that they only lost by five points, I think it was, then, like, you got to accept that every day of the week. I also think the Steelers are vastly overrated. I do too. Uh, and they have a Canadian. I love Claypool. I think he's awesome, but <laughs> I think they're pretty overrated. I think big Ben is lumps himself into that quarterback category. Like we were talking about with Stafford He's very serviceable, kind of a piece of shit, really a piece of shit, but uh, just, just a very average QB in my opinion, but I do have faith in Lamar for you.
1: I uh, I had a bet going with my brother that he would end up being like a top seven quarterback. I'm going to lose that one. But mm-hmm. regardless, uh, I, I agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, as of right now, for sure, I would take Kyler. Uh, if, you're see, looking, if you're looking at whole careers, well, we'll see how Kyler is next season. We'll see how he continues, if he really regresses or if he continues to get better. But right now I agree with pretty much everything you said, and I'm just praying that they can get their stuff together and end the season on a high note. Like you said, four should be layup games.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: it, it's it's bad when you have to even sort of worry about losing to the Browns. So I'm going to pretend yeah. I'm not worried and hope that Lamar turns it back on and and helps me out a little bit. Cause sometimes it's really hard to be a Ravens fan in these last couple of weeks.
0: I'm a Philly fan. I don't have any sympathy for you. I know it's hard being a Raven (laughs) fan, but you show me a quarterback that was drafted as high as Carson Wentz and had such a great first year, and people were like, wow, this is the quarterback I've always wanted. He can throw. He can scramble. He can take a hit. Not anymore, but he can do all of these things, and every team out there would want one of those guys. Then he turned into a fucking pumpkin and has no idea what he's doing. Actually, at the end of last season, the last like four or five games, I was like, Wentz is back, baby. Let's go. He's doing great. And then he came out this season. He's like, quack, quack, quack. We're just throwing ducks all over the field. And then he'd have like a quarter of goodness. And then the third quarter would come around and be like, I don't know what football is and completely shit the bed. And this whole Jalen Hurts train too. I haven't had a chance to rant about football and I was really excited to have you on. So I could have a quick little rant. Um, Jalen Hurts had one good drive in the game. He got to play in not the games before where it was like, Oh, we're going to give him lots of work. It was no, it was the game. He started in. He had one good drive. So if that's your savior, I don't know what to do with this team. I have no idea. Is there a, yeah, there is the jets exist. I'm not even asked that question. Is there a more sad fan base right now than the Eagles? jets yeah that team is uh sad
1: <laughs> you know what thank you you made me feel better about my team it uh,
0: could be worse you could have
1: sam darnold under center right exactly exactly and you know what same subject you were talking about drafting your savior how many years did cleveland browns have that feeling before they finally i oh.
0: got it right johnny Manziel, baby. i there's so much to Johnny that I love and I hate. When he came to the CFL, I was like, I love it so much. And then when he just fizzled out, I was like, this is stupid. Johnny's <laughs> Let's just be done with this experiment. I mean, there's a yeah. bust of draft picks, and usually they just go quietly. He was just so adamant that he's like, no, I'm a good football player. That's all there is to it. I'm going to run this shit. And uh, Johnny ain't doing shit now, buddy, but like he played in the NFL. I didn't. So, I mean, I'm here throwing stones sitting in a basement on a podcast sure. and dude played in the NFL. Right. So <laughs> it only goes so far.
1: Sure. In the end, we can't say for sure, you know, this person's garbage cause put me out there. I won't make it one drive. But, uh, <laughs> did, did you play any sports growing up? Not really. No, I, uh, I tried out for basketball and got rejected a lot for <laughs> golf a couple times and got rejected every time. Uh, I, I could never make a team to save my life. You know, I mean, I'd play, I'd play basketball, football and wrestle around with my friends in the yard and whatever. But in terms of actually sports, you know, in a school or whatever, I couldn't make a team. I was one of the least athletic people I knew.
0: If you can't do sports, talk about sports. Exactly. That's, that's, See, that's, 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 my what a, that's why I'm here. That's what a lot of people are doing. And honestly, like the coverage that, you get from non-athletes sometimes better just because you look at the game in a completely different way like for basketball and baseball like those were the two sports I played the most growing up and like I have this huge bias in baseball towards guys who can throw the ball really hard because that's what I did I threw the ball really hard and had a knuckleball that was it like I had a curveball I had to change up but they were kind of shitty I could throw fast and I could throw a knuckler and that was it so R.A. Dickey for the Jays I loved uh, Noah Syndergaard I love he throws really hard for basketball, like I love dudes who can uh, who are just elite playmakers because I loved making plays. And three-point shooters who do nothing else but shoot the three, I have a soft spot for. If this dude comes off the bench for like a minute and shoots three threes and goes off, my favorite players ever. They're the best of me because they know their role and they're just these awkward dudes 99% of the time. They're like, Oh shit, I got the ball. And they put it up and it goes in. They're like, Cool, that's it. Now I can't play defense.
1: I mean, my thing is my favorite players, and maybe this is the journalist in me, I don't know. My favorite players are the ones that are no one else's favorite players.
0: All right. I need to know some of these players now. Hit me with some across the Uh, sports. Let's see.
1: I got to think. Well, I mean, you know, recently it's all been about IU sports. Okay. You know, I – when I cover players or when I go to meets or games and cheer for people, I cheer for IU players that no one else in the crowd either knows their name or, you know, just doesn't like them. You know, like uh, our women's basketball team won the WNIT tournament a few years ago. We had Tyra Buss, who was a great player who probably could have made it in the WNBA. She's an analyst for the Big Ten Network now. But everyone, you know, Tyra, yeah, yeah. I was cheering for this player, Lindsay Marchese, only because the guy next to me at the first game I went to was like, oh, why would you put her in? I was like, all right, she's my favorite now. That's the best. That and, like, is every awesome. time she did anything, I was, like, off my feet. Yeah. And, like, no one else got it. But, like, it was literally like, you know what? I'm going to give love to the player that didn't give us much love. Hell uh, that I had sent you on my resume was about Graham Rooks who was a wrestler freshman year came to IU wasn't ranked and I was like I'm going to follow that guy and he turned out to be awesome which made it really fun to cheer for him and then I ended up getting the story that I that I sent you and it's one of my favorite stories one of the stories I'm proudest of it was a lot of fun to cover yeah. him talk to him uh, loved it
0: I remember reading that story and you could tell that you just like not only were you passionate about it, but you legitimately gave a shit about it because you could tell that you've been following this guy and you were like, in a sense, proud of what he's done. And that's when those types of articles really shine is when the reader can look at it and be like, no, this dude actually cares. Like they wrote it in a, in a way that it's making me care. And I don't like, I don't know who that is. And chances are like, I'll never know who they are. But if I hear their name, or I'll just be like, I remember a story about this. Like, it's just that passion that you bring. And plus, like you said, in the world of journalism, like you jumped in on him first, he probably appreciates that more than anything, that you gave a shit about his career and like what he was doing. And if you apply that to like hockey, let's say, if you're in a scrum in the future, you're getting the first interview with that guy because he's going to look at you and be like, Oh, you're the dude who wears a tie with the t-shirt. I want to talk to you. Like, I remember you kind of thing, but he won't like, it's just those kinds of connections. And it's so cool to see that you're making them this early on in your career.
1: Well, and honestly, you're right about being passionate about that and loving to cover the guys that don't get covered. I've covered IU baseball before, and I won't mention any names, but I was covering a player and the first time i met him it was hey if you need any quotes anything at all let's talk i want to talk to you uh but then he got real big had great stats got talked to a lot i went to cover him one time and could hear him from the diamond trashing me i don't want to talk to that guy i'm sick of that guy and i was like all right i'm not gonna cover you anymore see that's just the, like for that like wrestler He loved talking to me and that ended up being the better story
0: 100 i mean like you can't do anything about that. Sometimes, for lack of a better term, people are shitty. <laughs> That's all there is to it. I mean, like, I've had encounters within the esports world, and I, I made a tweet about this a couple days ago, and I kind of want to dive down on it a bit more. Uh, esports media, please stop burning your bridges. This is my little 30-second rant here. If you want to be recognized and you want to be credited, and you don't want to be just another guy sitting in a basement in front of a computer screaming at the camera and screaming at the microphone for pop journalism. Don't burn bridges. If someone does you dirty on a contract, bring it up with legal people. Don't put it on Twitter. Don't screen cap stuff and put it on Twitter. Uh, If your employer lets you go and it's completely justifiable under their contract, don't drag them through the mud because myself, like if I go through someone's Twitter and they're ragging on ex employers and they're just having this negative attitude and they're just publicly shaming people and even if they're right, like, even if they're completely right, it makes you unhirable in a sense. Like I understand standing up for yourself in the esports or in the media world and all that, but there is a way to do it. Obviously if someone goes to an extreme and is just doing you wrong in the biggest way. Yeah. Okay. Speak up a hundred percent. I'm not advocating for you to sit down and shut up kind of thing. I'm advocating for you to just not react immediately and freak the fuck out over the smallest things. I, I like, Oh, Like, I want to bring up these examples, but I can't because it's just not my place to talk about it. But it is my place as someone in the media to be like grow up like just talk to legal representation if you think you're being wronged chances are if you're still hired by that uh, company and they're that big you still have access to their legal team until your contract is fully expired and if you put in your two weeks you still got two weeks with the legal team if you don't want to do that you can find people that are going to take your case it's just a matter of respect really I mean you don't see Adam Schefter going around you don't see all these guys going around being like well fuck this outlet they refused my story you, like that's just not a thing you don't see Bob McKenzie for TSN going I hate NHL on NBC because they didn't pay me enough I don't know if that's true or anything I'm just like saying because he's primarily with TSN that's just my example like if that were to ever happen you don't see these big guys or women saying anything like that you wonder why they're so successful they don't make themselves look bad that's like my only lesson to anyone today is don't be a piece of shit on social media learn how to use it correctly it's a wonderful tool and get you so many things like this junior hockey program basically started off of social media i found you through social media we chatted brought you on i scrubbed your social media super clean i don't think i've ever seen a cleaner social media in my life actually and that's those are the sorts of things that make you hireable um, but I do want to talk about like best practices with you now. Is there anything that goes into your mind when you're on social media where you're like, okay, hey, I can't tweet about this. I can't use this kind of language. Like, is there like a golden rule you have?
1: Honestly, not really. I mean, I'm, you know, as you said, my social media is clean because I'm very clean, a clean person. You know, I, I don't really, you know, cuss or anything anyway. Okay. You, I, I've never heard you cuss. No, I I really don't, you know, maybe, maybe you will get me to where I'm telling a story that has a bad word in it from something someone else said, Mm -hmm. but maybe you can make me mad enough that that is, you know, iffy. I probably can't. I just, I don't do it. It's not really part of my vocabulary most of the time. Um, And in terms of like social media, personally, I'm not big on social media anyway, When I came to the media school and they were teaching you how to use social media and saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. I wasn't thinking, oh, shoot, I have to not do those things. It was, oh, shoot, I guess I should probably create some social media. (laughs) Yeah, I got to
0: have this media presence. And I remember the one thing that actually a few people have asked me about is like, do I need a social media presence in the world of media? And I think it's important that you at least have a profile, what you do with that profile is your own thing, but you need a profile where a you're accessible, where people can reach out to you, where people can give you credit. But like, as much as you put into your social media profiles, what you're going to get out of it. And like, that's something that varies from person to person. I myself like growing my social media following because I think it helps me market this podcast. It helps me market like my skill set. It helps me talk about, fantasy football it helps me talk about how sad i am about the eagles it helps me talk about being a sad leafs fan like it's an outlet i don't treat it like a diary i don't go like dear diary today someone hurt my feelings twitter get after them right it's back right to that esports don't throw people under mm-hmm. the bus thing like jesus christ grow up a bit
1: um every every piece of social media i have can't there's a story behind it from where i either didn't want it and broke down or Facebook. I had a. Uh, I was dating a girl at the time. It was my junior year of high school, and she was like, "You don't have a Facebook?" And I was like, "No." And she was like, "Now nah you do." Uh, there you go. I had one after that, and just kind of kept up with it from there. And if you follow me on Facebook, all you will find is Jesus talk and dad jokes, because that is my personality. <laughs> that sounds pretty good, though. I Twitter, think- The only reason I have Twitter is to do Scott Fishbowl. To sign up for that, you needed a Twitter, and after that, kind of built a following around fantasy football people and would tweet about fantasy football and wrestling. That was about it. Instagram, I had to create it recently just so I could talk to the IU hockey teams because I want to cover them this year. And the only way to message them that I could find was through Instagram. So i created a profile on there. Like everything has a reason for why I have it. And I stick to that reason. I really don't go overboard and, and, Call people out, or no? You know, I'm I, I'm me really on there, just like I'm me talking to you in person, and I don't use yeah. it if I don't have to.
0: And I think that's the best part too. I think that's a great way to look at it because I think social media, a, is a direct representation of your personality. Like when you, some people when they go on air, they put on this big ass persona of like, today on the podcast we are talking to Sam meyer and we are going to talk about the cutout behind him and why he's wearing a necktie <laughs> and a t-shirt, like. I learned very on in my career that if you talk like that, people are going to listen for about half a second and be like, I don't know why I'm listening to this person. The biggest piece of advice I ever got from or to be on air or anything like that is talk to either the camera or the person you're talking to. Like you're at the bar, like Mm -hmm. we're just having a conversation. I mean, obviously if you're a news anchor, it's going to be different. You're going to use less contractions, less slang and all that. But if you're in sports media I mean, I'm not going to be like, hey, so uh, Lamar Jackson threw blah, blah, for blah, 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 precisely this many yards. His A-dot was this, and I think he was this good precisely because of this. It's like, no, I'll just be like, no, Lamar's kind of shitty right now. He can be better. Uh, His throws have been okay. They're not letting him run as much. And, like, that's better analysis, in my opinion, than this dude is averaging 3.2 yards per game. But uh, at the beginning of the season, he was averaging about nine yards. It's like, no one cares. You can find that stuff on your own if you're that passionate about it. I want to have a conversation like the podcasting format is so cool to me that I can speak directly to you and I can speak directly to whoever's listening right now because it's just a three-way conversation then. Because this isn't going to be on in a stadium where we're broadcasting for 20,000 people. It's it's an intimate medium that I really think is important to introduce people to. It's good practice talking. It's great practice getting to know other people. And it's a great way to just project yourself on air without even thinking you're on air.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean, everything you said, exactly true. And I, I am just kind of now training in the podcast world. I had one class on it where I did some podcasts and that was about it really. Uh, but i i can already tell that i like it more than anchoring and things that i've done with the media school on tv just because you know that kind of tenses me up i'm an anxious person anyway so you you know for the first 10 minutes of anything i do i'm like this and then i kind of have to calm down yeah uh
0: But I mean, that's like, you'll lose that so quickly though. Like as soon as you're out and you get to do, I think honestly, your first big reporting job or your first big news piece, as soon as you have that under your belt and you see the reaction from then on, you'll be like, all right, I'm just talking to people. That's it. You'll have that. Oh shit moment where you're just like, cool. I guess I'm in this field now and I know what I'm doing. And until then, like it's completely normal to be anxious about it. I remember like just being anxious, doing stand-up hits with my classmates. And now if I were to look back on that, I'd be like, this is the most casual thing. I'll take the mic here and swing it to you and be like, what's up? Like, let's just talk like the Budweiser frogs. Like it's it's such a different medium, and it's slowly becoming my favorite medium.
1: I'm I really enjoy the conversation aspect of doing this over, like I said, the anchoring portion. Right. Over time, you slowly kind of start to lose that, but still like just being able to be myself a little more than just the the proper, you know, this is what I'm going to do kind of thing. Uh, I mean, I just, I enjoy this a lot more.
0: Yeah. And like the thing is too, I mean, you asked me and people who've come on the podcast have asked me and people who are coming on the podcast in the future have asked me, it's like, what are we talking about? And it's like, Well, I've got my little list of things that I'll bring up and they're just little conversation starters. My notes are honestly like four points, unless there's like, this is a special edition show kind of thing. And it's not that I'm ill prepared. It's that I would just rather have a conversation. It's Mm -hmm. that... I'd rather you talk about stuff you know and you're passionate about for the first couple episodes than have you try and bullshit your way through something just because I want to talk about it. That's just not the point. I'm not out here to make you look like an asshole and podcasters aren't out here to make you look bad. Some of them just go about it the, the wrong way. Like when I started this podcast with uh, Nick and Christian, my two buddies, we were like, okay, hey, segment one's going to be about this. Segment two is going to be about this. Segment three is going to be about this. And it's like, okay, hey, that works in a specific format. Like, if you're working for an organization where they want that or that's their formula and that's how it works, that's awesome because it goes to a specific audience. And I'm all game for that all the time. But this podcast, we were like, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do with it. It's like, this is our space. Like, we've done episodes called Rank It on here before where we rank the best stadium food. We've done episodes nice. we rank the best Happy Gil- or, uh, Adam Sandler movies and we I think we bring up Adam Sandler like every three episodes. I love the guy so much. Such a great actor, <laughs> except for Jack and Jill. Horrible movie. Uh, okay, now I need to know, are you an Adam Sandler guy or no?
1: I'm not a huge fan, but I don't dislike him. I like his movies. He's just not my go-to. I will, I'll
0: accept that. I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, what kind of movies do you like?
1: Mostly uh, comedies for the most part. You know, I'll watch the MCU movies, Marvel movies. I oh, love those yeah. movies I'll watch. But in terms of just like, I'm bored. If we go to the movie or watch something, typically if it's not something that is like a series, it's going to be some sort of comedy. Uh, you know, almost like a Step Brothers, for instance. It's the oh, fuck yeah. I, came into my head. I don't know why, but that's Great the movie movie. that came into my head.
0: Fantastic. And I think people either love Will Ferrell or they hate Will Ferrell. And there's only one right answer here. You love Will Ferrell, and that's I do. Yeah, 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 I think the dude's such a great actor, even in his like serious-ish roles. And the same goes with Adam Sandler too. Like, Funny People was a great movie. Funny People is very good, and Click is vastly underrated. That's a good movie. It's a good damn movie. Uh, (laughs) I agree with you though. Comedies are my go-to. Rom-coms, I am a sucker for. I will watch yeah. any rom com known to mankind. I could rattle off my favorite five immediately. Like rom coms are my guilty pleasure. If I'm laying in bed and I'm like, it's two o'clock in the morning, I can't sleep. Uh, Netflix, uh, always be my baby. Ah, uh, that awkward moment. Uh, all these rom coms. Let's just go watch them now. But I am a sucker for like Star Wars. Uh, the Mandalorian this season's phenomenal. Uh, like you said, the Marvel movies. That's my cup of tea too. Like I love mm-hmm. all that stuff. I think the only movies I don't really enjoy. Horror movies. I, I can't. Oh, do I hate them. Yeah, I saw. So this is actually the hat that I wore when my friends convinced me to go watch it in theaters. Uh, I watched the movie like this for almost ninety nine percent of it, and uh, it was awful. I didn't pay for my ticket though, which was great because they thought it'd be a funny joke to bring me along.
1: I have two roommates. One of them uh, loves horror movies and TV shows and the like. The other uh, hates them and is more terrified of them of than I am. So, uh, while I was at home after I had been in the hospital and was kind of recuperating from all the mental stuff I'd mentioned earlier, they're here. And one roommate is making the other watch all these scary shows. Nope. I've got one that's texting me going, this is so funny. The other one is texting me going, come home. I am terrified. And I was like, man, I, I'm, I'm not going to be home for a while. Sorry. Like get all the ghosts out before I get there.
0: Oh, shit's spooky, man. I can't deal with that.
1: I'm uh, not a fan at all.
0: It's it's not fun. Uh, it's not fun at all. I did say I'd try to keep you out. We're recording this on Eastern time. It is 7.12 right now. I said I'd get you out by seven. We're a little past that.
1: Um, you know what? It's either this or work on finals, so we can talk as long as you want.
0: All right. I'm going to go grab a beer. <laughs> um, no, there is one final thing that I want to leave off on, and I want to bring up uh, Dressember again. Uh, I want to bring up how big of a deal it is, how cool it is that you're doing it. Uh, you have the full support of myself. You have the full support of PBR as a whole. Hit me with that donation link too. So I can throw it into everything. I can pump it out. I'll retweet it. If you tweet it out. Uh, if you're listening to this podcast, have a peek at it. We're not asking you to donate. We're not asking you to go out of your way or anything like that. I get it's the holidays. It's a tough time for people right now, but if you have the opportunity, if you're fortunate enough to help Sam's campaign out, that would be fantastic. Sam, let people know again, what it is, why you're doing it and why you're wearing a tie around your shirt. If you've made it this far into the episode.
1: Sure. Once again, Dressember is a which um, is the word I'm looking for. It is a movement that is designed around wearing a tie if you're a man or a dress if you're a woman for the entire month of December to spread awareness and have conversations about sex trafficking and to fundraise to make money to stop it, put an end to it. And I am wearing a tie around my neck with no dress shirt to show that. Uh, because obviously, as I said before, I'm a pastor and a journalist, so suits are common for me. So this mm. is common. This gets people talking. And the idea is you know, this is something that happens worldwide that needs to be stopped, and we want to spread awareness. We want to get people as angry about it as we are. We want to get people to donate it and to continue to spread awareness um, beyond this conversation. And we would like to see a world with as, as little to no uh, assaults and um, harassment and trafficking as possible.
0: Yeah, it's it's a conversation that needs to be had. It's a conversation that needs to be had regardless if you're wearing a tie around your neck without a dress shirt on. It's that important. Like, I mean, people overlook social justice issues because it's not happening to them or because it's not happening within their community and yes if you're fortunate enough to live in a safe space like that others aren't and others are going through shittier times than you which i think a lot of people just don't understand right now and anything that people can do to help is just fantastic sam where can people find you on social media what's your handles
1: yep you can find me on twitter and instagram at Sam Meyer, seven twenty-four. You can find me on Facebook, just Samuel Meyer. It's all the same picture, so if you find me once, you'll find me everywhere. Um, I'm excited to be uh, riding with you all at Penalty Box, uh, and you know you'll you'll see me around. This isn't the last you'll hear of me.
0: Oh, absolutely not. We'll definitely have you on again because, like I said, we could break this up into series. We didn't even get to wrestling, but I promise. Like no, and that- that's like
1: one of the biggest. I always say I love three things in this world, and that's God, you who and fantasy football wrestling is probably fourth and we didn't get to cover that. So, that is a podcast in and of itself that I could probably talk about for several hours. You'll have to cut me off at some point. So, you will have to bring me back.
0: And uh and what people don't know is Sam has been drinking a yuhu the whole podcast and I've been looking at it going, what the fuck is he drinking? I want to know what that is. I've never had a yuhu in my life. <laughs> I had multiple just in case this took a long time. What is a yoo-hoo? Like, there's That doesn't exist in Canada before our American listeners think I'm out to lunch. We do not have yoo-hoo. I hoo I, like, This is a new thing to me. It looks like chocolate milk, to be honest.
1: It is chocolate drink.
0: Uh, when anything is ever called drink, I don't want to ingest it. Like orange drink, like purple drink, like it's just, yeah. call it
1: soda or pop. If you call no, it, it, it is, drink, I'm like, I mean, this liquid it's basically chocolate milk but i don't think it's got any milk in it so they call it, it, it drink and i find it delicious i've drank like 19 of them in one sitting before there are several stories in my arsenal that revolve around you who we could do a whole podcast on that if you wanted um, right, i'm gonna take
0: them. i'm gonna take the extra couple of minutes here we're gonna dive into this one because this one's just too good to not bring right. up um, is there any dairy in Yoohoo whatsoever? Because I'm mildly oh. allergic to dairy, so I'm I just, just wondering if I can have it. Or All right, anything. let's let's look at the uh, let's let's go through the ingredients into what drink you're ingesting
1: here. <laughs> so, uh, first ingredient water, okay, Second, high fructose corn syrup, uh, whey from milk in parentheses, mm. it contains less than two percent of cocoa, non fat, dry milk. There you go, there's your.
0: There's the milk ingestion, yeah.
1: Way way later in the list than you would think for a chocolate milk drink, but I promise you it's delicious whether you're judging me or not.
0: So do you consider this healthy? No, not in the slide. Okay, because I have people who consider Diet Coke healthy just because it doesn't have no. no diet yeah. in it. And they're like, oh, it has no calories. It's like, no, there's aspartame. You're pumping yourself full of this other shit that's not good for you. Just because something's called diet, if you drink 12 in a day, it's not diet. It's bad for you. Like, right. everything is good in moderation. Drink yeah. water. Like, I mean, that. How many yoo I want to dive into this now. How many yoo do you think you have in a day?
1: In a day, there are some days where I don't have any. Typically, I'd okay. like... Late- uh, typically, I limit myself to one a day uh, just because it'll, you know, it'll upset your stomach if you drink a whole bunch of them. I found out on that 19 yoo Day uh, years ago that uh, it was a contest. I had a buddy over. We were supposed to play poker. He was the only one that showed up, so we did this instead. Uh, Holy fuck. It was, it was not a good decision, mm-hmm. thank but it was—it's a fun story. Like I said, I've got so many stories and so many YooHoo stories. Did one of you throw up? Huh? Did one of you throw up after that many? We neither of us threw up. Our toilets hated us for about a week after. Neither of us threw up. Uh, the one thing I will say is there was an odd number of YooHoo's. We had to decide who got the extra so we did a chugging contest oh and my fucking god and, and he ended up spitting everywhere so that's the closest we got to throw up but, uh, but we did drink a ton and it did upset our stomachs for a very long time after that and I should say I regretted it but I, I didn't because that's a story I can tell now
0: I'm like borderline speechless, and this never happens to me. The thought process, and there are three uh, different. I'm in Canada. How, like, they're regular pop sized cans, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. 19 of those in one person's stomach is uh, fucking nuts. That's unbelievable. You are now 19 Yoohoo man to me. That is, that is it. Like, that's
1: that's a feat. yeah, funny you say that. Remember earlier in the show, I said I love three things, God, Yahoo, and fantasy football. Yeah. In the year of college, I find my roommate's phone number, uh, a random roommate, texted him, tried to get to know him a little bit, told him that, and he laughed. I come in, uh, move-in day, with two crates, 24 cans deep of Yahoo, and he realized very quickly that I wasn't messing around. Yeah, you were completely serious. You are the Yahoo man. And everyone on the floor called me yoo If they wanted to get my attention, they would step out to the hallway and yell yoo and I would stick my head out of my door and be like, "What's up?" And I knew me. And sometimes I still get that call walking on campus. I'll hear yoo and have to look around and find the person who knows me as Yoo-hoo. Uh, I've gotten letters in the mail addressed to Yoo-hoo. <laughs> That's who I am. okay
0: uh this has taken me the whole episode because i I like to come up with titles for different people so it's just not like blah 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 name on topic and it's like i want it to be specifically unique because like we had owen on and she's brand new to hockey and i thought yeah it's a fantastic angle we're gonna hit that because a lot of people are new to hockey uh Mm. this article whatever i embed this in is going to be called uh coast to coast colon with sam the yoohoo man and then I I'm going wait. to put your last name at the end. It's going to be fantastic. Like that is my favorite title, I think, for 2020 as a whole. But Like I promise you the next podcast, we're talking more about you I want to like give us a cliffhanger. Is there any you stories that you have in the bank?
1: Well, uh, I mean, you is something that I drank as a child, but there was a very specific moment that it became an addiction for me and it is, <laughs> uh, dine dining, and dining, dining, ditching a, uh, restaurant in Gatlinburg, Tennessee to go buy some just to sneak back into the restaurant and have it with my food. So that that's was, a problem. That's that was my first day. That was when it became a serious thing and it wasn't even my fault. So I will tell that story in its entirety the next time you have me on, which I hope is very soon. Oh, funny. Cases here, So I will have some when you call me back.
0: I'm going to look into getting you who here, like whether it's through Amazon or like, there's some niche like little markets around town. I next time we have one, I'm going to do my damnness to get a, like just one can. I don't want a two for, I don't want 19. Uh, of you. Sam, any final words before we head out of here? I'd like to leave the last words to the guest.
1: Well, I could have been thinking about this the whole time. If you'd have told me, Uh, uh, based on what I've said throughout the podcast, uh, excited to work with you all, uh, drink you and don't dress ember look into dress ember
0: this podcast is in no part sponsored by you but you if you're out there listening coast to coast podcast is a diverse podcast at penalty box radio we have many different personalities on our podcast we have many different shows at the penalty box radio network if you'd like to sponsor us please hit my dms at best of mad we'll get this shit going you let's go first sam i'm matt this isn't a Yoohoo podcast, but what the hell it is today. We'll catch you next
1: time. You to like a mirror. And I can't you reflect in this